Welcome to the Tough Talk Podcast, your weekly sports podcast, rambling and debating all your favorite sports, previews, recaps, predictions, and more, only here at Tough Talk. Be sure to follow along on Twitter, at Tough Talk Pod. Now, here are your hosts, Christian and Derek. All right, how's it going, Christian? Sorry about that. I had a little bit of technical difficulties to begin, but how are you doing today? Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Welcome back to Tough Talk. <laughs> yeah, it's been tough, all right. Uh, <laughs> so, I've um, had an interesting week in sports. Um, we've yeah, had, absolutely. We've had politics crossover into sports. We've had mm-hmm. um, people getting fired. We've had a lot of things that we're going to be talking about this week on Tough Talk. Um, we're also going to be doing our weekly our weekly thing of the predictions and uh, predictions for NFL until the end of the season. Yep. So, uh, what do you say? You want to go ahead and get into this first subject of the uh, Bears and the Raiders over in London? Yeah, let's get started. Uh, week five was a uh, was a great football football week, um, and one of the games I'd like to talk about for sure was the game uh, across seas. Uh, and that was the Bears and Raiders game, and I think that big flight might have caused some jet lag, that's for sure. Uh, Chase Daniels really wasn't looking uh, very hot at all in this game, especially in the first half. Only The Bears' offense only getting 44 yards uh, in that first half. Uh, very dirty win for Oakland. Uh, really ugly game. Um, but I will say I really did enjoy um, seeing Jacobs being showcased. Uh, I think Gruden finally found the way to play Jacobs, and I think it's going to be good for the future for Oakland, uh, possibly a potential playoff team. What do you think? You know, it's so weird because one week we l- lose to the Chiefs, the next week we beat the Colts, and I'm just not sure what kind of team we are. And then we go out and we beat the Bears in London. We look like a tough physical running team. I like that. We haven't had that kind of an identity in a long time. Yeah. Last person we had that with was Justin Fargus. Now, if you know that name, you're a true Raider fan because Justin Fargus was not the best of players, and we had a really crappy offensive line in front of him, but he was a pretty physical runner. Um, That's the last time we had somebody that was willing to be that kind of physical runner for our team. Darren McFadden was nimble, and he wanted to avoid all kinds of contact, Mm -hmm. and we really haven't found that guy since. We've been doing a lot of running back by committee in this year that uh, Josh Jacobs is showing that he can really just take over a game and be the entire offense if we need him to be. And I really like to see that out of him. And it's making the uh, offensive line play really physical and aggressive too. And not just on the runs because I was watching a couple of them and you see a gap for Derek Carr. It looks like he had five seconds in the pocket if he needed it, but he didn't need it. I really enjoyed seeing the way the Raiders played this week. I'm interested to see how we're going to come off of a bye week, though, because usually coming off of bye weeks, Raiders are notoriously bad. Um, that was kind of like Monday night football this year. I was interested to see how we'd play because we're notoriously bad on Monday night football as well, and we actually did decent this year. So I'm interested to see how this team is. We could be a wild card team, but I don't see us winning our division. I think that's the Chiefs all the way, and I think that's just the way it's going to be. And you want to add anything else about this? I think it's definitely helping you guys um, that the Chargers aren't as good as a lot of people predicted so far this season. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, the the, the Raiders look um, like a team that could be in the hunt for the entire season. That's for sure. I think uh, Philip Rivers is like the most is the laziest quarterback in the entire NFL, and I mean that in a really nice way. But I think he's really lazy. 
And if you look at his years, he's notoriously bad at the beginning of the season. And then he makes these late season pushes that make him look like a hero for the city of San Diego. And I really just think he's just, he doesn't get into shape in time for the season. He doesn't do enough uh, routes with his wide receivers and it costs him. And I think you can see that at the beginning of the year when this kind of thing happens to him. All right. So we got the Chiefs and the Colts next. This was an interesting game as well. Because, as I said, we just lost to the Chiefs, and then we beat the Colts, and then we beat the Bears. Now, if you're looking at it from that from an outside perspective, you're going, okay, well, the, the Raiders are the Raiders. They just beat some middle-of-the-road teams. But then here come the Colts, and they beat the Chiefs. What do you think about that game? Well, to be completely honest, I think this game was a fluke on the Kansas City side. I don't think this uh, should be anything that really represents uh, their season so far. Chiefs are still a fantastic football team. 13 points um, by the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the lowest um, for a Chiefs football team in the past 26 games. Um, So since Mahomes has been a quarterback uh, for that team for sure, and even more. So I don't think this is anything you should really look too far into. Um, I just think it was an off game. I think they're going to bounce back just fine against Houston. Um, And I got something else at the end, but I'll see what else you got. Okay. So my big thing about this was I was watching a lot of this game. Um, Patrick Mahomes didn't look like Patrick Mahomes. He got his ankle twisted twice in that game. One of them was an offensive lineman stepping on his ankle, which it's not feel, it doesn't feel good to have 300 pounds step on your ankle. Um, maybe that affected the throws. Right. Maybe that affected his idea of he was going to take off from out of the pocket and do his thing. But I'm telling you, he did not look as the same as the Pat Mahomes that we're used to. Also, I got to say that defense, I'm kind of questioning at this point how good that Kansas City defense really is. And also, the, 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 the Indianapolis Colts defense looked like they played with some fire because I think they got it from the critics this week about losing to Oakland. I think they were pretty upset about losing to Oakland, and I think they wanted to come out and prove something against the good Chiefs, a good Chiefs offense. And I think they did for the most part. Kind of surprised with how they actually did against the Chiefs in every aspect of the game, if I'm being completely honest, after watching the week before because they kind of got completely dominated the entire first half. Came out in the second Mm -hmm. half, showed a little fire, and then this week against the Chiefs, it looked like a whole different team. But I'm going to go ahead and give you the last 45 seconds. You go ahead and tell me what you got to say. So I want to look a little ahead just into this Chiefs Chiefs Houston game um, while we roll into – the week week six uh, predictions moving ahead to kind of flow in together. Um, I will say this: I think the Chiefs are going to bounce back just fine. I said it just a little bit earlier, but let me tell you why. Patrick Mahomes is fifteen and zero as a starter when he plays in non primetime games. Fifteen and zero. Guess what? They're playing at one o'clock against Houston. I really like Houston. I really like what they're doing right now. Will Fuller had a great game last week, and I think because of Will Fuller having such a great game. Uh, Hopkins is probably going to have a great game um, because they're going to focus on Fuller. Watson looked great last week with his five touchdowns. However, I think Mahomes bounced back, b- bounces back. Um, Houston's a good team, and they're going to probably be a playoff team too. We might even see that this matchup again in the playoffs, but I think this one's going to belong to Mahomes. All right. So let's go ahead and bounce over to Jay Gruden real quick. He got fired mm-hmm. in Washington this yep. week. And the first thing I want to say about this is, Jay Gruden is not the problem. 
the problem is upstairs and it's not going to get fixed until everybody's gone this team needs a complete rewipe like what the cardinal or like what the ram or the raiders had a few years back when they brought in raiders, reggie yeah. yeah they brought in and this is not the mike mayock team by the way this is the reggie mckenzie team because they brought in a whole bunch of people and that's who took over the problem is upstairs in washington it wasn't jay gruden on the field jay gruden was out there starting as many different quarterbacks as he could just going i can't do anything with the pieces i have and you wanted to pick dwayne haskins so he took dwayne haskins and he threw three interceptions in his first game so what are we supposed to do with that i started him way too early because you wanted me to start him you told me i was going to be out if i didn't start him i started him when we got blown out what do we do about it yeah i mean you know what I can see that, thinking that it could be a front office uh, problem. And to be honest, it is Washington. But Gruden is still a little bit of the, the issue here, that's for sure. Um, you know, verbally saying when you you know your job's on the line and you're trying to save some face, obviously this is why, um, that you didn't want Haskins when, you know, you waited all this time to say that. Obviously, again, because it's a save face. Um, there's an issue between the front office and Gruden, but Gruden is still some of the issue. Um, he didn't really play call well. Um, he didn't do um, great things um, at the beginning of the season where they started off great with Keenum and they wound up losing in, in week one to Philadelphia after having a 21-0 lead. Um, so Gruden definitely shouldn't be going out of here just with, uh, oh, sorry to see you go. Um, it's a it's a shame that um, they were saying that they don't want Haskins because it felt like they just he just fell in their lap in the draft after the Jones draft. Uh, or Giants taking Jones and they didn't have to trade up or anything for the guy that they said they wanted so long um so yeah i do think it's all in general um the majority it's dan snyder for sure if you look at the all the head coaches that have been there since snyder's been involved in in washington the only overall winning record is technically none it's eight and eight with marty schottenheimer but they only gave him one year and then kicked him out so yeah there's issues in that front office and it'd be um it's i wouldn't want to go coach for that team i guess rex ryan does but uh, I don't. I wouldn't be that guy that is going after that. You'd have to pay me a lot of money to go coach for Washington. Yeah, I don't think Rex Ryan really wants that job unless he gets paid way more than ESPN's paying him, because that job. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. It's going to be I'll a tell pain. You what, Rex Ryan. Yeah, Rex Ryan. I think the only reason that he is saying he wants that job is because no other team wants Rex Ryan. So he's just trying to get himself back in the game. And his brother is also on the coaching staff of Washington. So, I mean, he's going to do whatever he can to try and get back in that game. Yeah, you can, ESPN might be paying him a lot, but ESPN's going to be there when he, even when he gets fired from Washington again, um, if he decide or if they decide to take a chance on him. But I don't see that happening. I don't either because it, let's be honest, they got a lot of problems there and they need to hem up a lot of issues. I don't see, honestly, we didn't even talk about honest real replacements for him, but anybody who walks into that job, I feel bad for him because everything's going to be put on them. It's not going to be put on the front office. And that's yeah, going to be the only one forward. that would. Yeah, and I think the only one, I know there's a rumor going around that Mike Tomlin might take the job because he's a D.C. guy, um, and who knows what happens in Pittsburgh. I mean, he's they, he's loved in Pittsburgh. I don't know if he would ever leave, if they even want him to leave yet. But if he did go to Washington and they gave him a lot of control, which I doubt they would, but if they gave him a lot of control, that might be the only candidate that could really make a difference there. I will say this. My dad is personally a Steelers fan. And he's the first person to tell me that he doesn't think Mike Tomlin is that great of a coach and that the team he took to the Super Bowl mm. was actually Bill Cowher's team. 
and that Bill Cowher was the one that was responsible for that team. So I just nah. wanted... well, I disagree with that. I think Tomlin's a great coach. So see, I think differently. Sorry, Derek's dad. He's only don't he's, believe it. He's he's only made the Super Bowl the one time, and it was the year after he got there. He's only he, I mean he's made the playoffs since, but has he made the Super Bowl since? It's it's a valid argument when you think about it in that aspect. But anyway, let's move Steelers on. Steelers fans, I'm on your side. All right, don't listen to this guy. Let's move on <laughs> to the Pats Giants. And all right, yeah, Thursday night football. This game was a beating. Um, I mean, it was a beating for both quarterbacks, though. In on in all honesty, um, Tom Brady hasn't looked great this year. Uh, it kind of I I don't think it takes away from the Buffalo Bills defense any what happened last night. But I gotta say, he didn't look great again last night. I'm starting to wonder if the, the old age is starting to get to old Tom Brady, or if he's just saving himself for a late season run. Um, but he didn't look great last night, and just as bad as he looked, so did Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was, I don't know if he was colorblind last night, because he was throwing to the other team quite a bit. Uh, it just, it was, I don't know. It just wasn't a fun game to watch, in my personal opinion. I was pretty disappointed with the entire game. It was kind of miserable. I mean, we've seen the, we've seen the Patriots' defense do what they did again, but it was kind of a miserable game, in my opinion, because you want to see Daniel Jones come out and do really good things against New England, and he just didn't look the best this week. After looking sharp the first couple of weeks, he didn't look the best this week. But you can go ahead and talk about it a little bit and see, if you don't feel the same way. Uh, I think it's – I feel a little different. I mean, it definitely was um, not the result that the majority of NFL fans were looking forward to. Everybody – for the majority, everybody but Patriots fans wants to see the Patriots lose. Um, but Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, um, against quarterbacks with uh, either two years in the league or less are, I believe, I think they heard the stat was like 27-0 and 0 or something like that. Uh, it's insane. It's an insane stat. Um, so it was definitely you knew that was going to happen. It w- the weather in the game last night was was not fun. Uh, that's why the kicking game was hard. I'm sure passing was a little difficult too for both players. But when you're a rookie and you play the best defense in the league, now I'm saying that New England is the best defense in the league, even though I'm a Bills fan. I think Buffalo's defense is legit, but New England's got us beat right now. And last night it proved it. They they're just more explosive. They turn the ball over. It's insane. But if you're Daniel Jones. And you're playing without your your running back, your RB one, or your RB two even, and then without wide receiver one, without tight end one. I mean, and you're asking him to to win the game uh, against the defending Super Bowl champions. It's just you're asking for a lot. So I mean, yeah, he threw some interceptions, that's for sure. He just but he's a rookie. He's gonna make mistakes. He did. You're right, and he did. But um, it's it's something that. I tried to take the best out of it if I could. And Daniel Jones did throw a fantastic pass to Golden Tate. And that makes up for a couple of those interceptions, in my opinion. Yeah, they didn't win the football game, but getting those little victories um, with a team that's not going to make the playoffs, who are still building, this defensive, this defense is uh, Giants defense, like you said. We talked about earlier in the pre-show that they uh, need to get a little more credit. That Maybe not that secondary, but that front seven. And they're yeah. probably going to do even better. Probably going to draft defense in the first two rounds next year so i like the upside of where the giants are going but not this year i think daniel jones is still the answer though i don't think you give up on him like we should give up on baker mayfield so yeah real quick week seven prediction 
Who's going to have three touchdowns? Tom Brady or Daniel Jones? And okay, so mm, in their next, if appearance, I had to pick out of the two, yeah, in their next appearance, who do you think is going to have a three touchdown game? Because I don't, I think it might be Daniel Jones. If I'm being completely honest with you, okay, because why is that? He reminds me a lot of Brett Favre. Uh, he throws the ball around a lot. He he's a gunslinger mentality to him. There was a couple plays last night. He could have easily just tossed the, bat, the ball out of bounds, and he pushed the ball mm-hmm. in, and that's where the mistakes come, and that's where the mistakes are going to keep coming. Um, well, what if I say both? Because I feel both is the answer here. I mean, I think you're right, enough. though. I think that gunslinger mentality is definitely Daniel Jones. But have you seen who they're playing in Week 7? Uh, the Giants are playing the Cardinals, okay? So Daniel Jones is probably going to have a heyday. <laughs> Daniel Jones and might have five touchdowns. The Patriots are playing the Jets – the Patriots are playing the Jets on Monday night, so it'll probably be both, to be honest with you. Um, but if this on the aspect of your question, uh, Daniel Jones is going to make is going to revive from this. He's not going to. It's not going to just be a complete downfall from this team. Um, look for the little small victories, though, Giants fans or football fans in general. Um, your team, even if they don't get the victory, okay, um, but you see your quarterback producing and finding ways to be or fix from his mistakes because now you're training him to be ready for next year and the year after that to be a playoff contention team. All right. Dallas and Philly are already run away with this division. You're not going to be a wild card. So find the little victories, Giants fans. Yeah. I got to say that I just, I think Tom Brady this year is not going to be the same quarterback of years before. And I think that we've kind of noticed that because if you look at like James White's numbers and Michelle's numbers, their numbers have started to slowly go up as the years went around. And I think that's because he's not wanting to throw the ball as much early in the season. I mean, it's not going to be the same guy who got you 50 touchdowns a couple of years back. He's not going to get you. I don't even think he's going to end with 40 this year. Maybe 35. Maybe 35 touchdowns a year. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult to say because, you know, he's definitely been hurting on receivers. The whole thing happened to Antonio Brown. Josh Gordon just got hurt last night. Um, I didn't look that serious. They'll probably make a trade for a receiver, maybe in a tight end. Lacrosse got hurt last night, too. Uh, Eifert's uh, name is so came up. Is it was really the only guy. Eifert's name yeah, is so came Eifert up. Yeah, so Eifert might go. People are talking about A.J. Green, although I'd hate to see it. Uh, maybe Stefan Diggs, even though they say he's not going to get traded. They say Green's not going to be traded either, but you never know. Uh, money talks, and so does draft picks, and that's money in the NFL. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure we went over by about three or four minutes on that game, but that's okay because that's part of what we do. Let's go on to our week six predictions. Yep. And mm-hmm. first right. team, go ahead. All right. Let's start with probably this is my most anticipated game of the week. I'm really looking forward to this game. This is the Rams and the Niners. Uh, I can't wait to see the – the 49ers, how they play against this NFC West rival here. I think the Niners are actually for real. A lot of people are giving them crap on national media, but this defense is legit, okay? Garoppolo can play. They're averaging 200 yards rushing per game. That's insane, and they're not getting a lot of credit. They keep saying, oh, I don't think that San Francisco's got it, okay? Yeah, there's a reason they haven't lost the game yet. Now, there's some some of the teams that haven't been amazing, but there's a big – drop-off between teams that with a winning record this year and teams with a losing record. Going into, before Thursday night games, before last last week's game, 11 teams had winning records in NFC. Okay? Only 7 in the AFC. So there's a big drop-off on some of the conferences. NFC, obviously, the drop-off's in the winning favor. But 49ers are a team this year to be looking forward to. Alright? This is a team that I think can easily be, um, you know, 
eight and one, eight and two um, after the first 10, 11 weeks. So I'm taking the Niners in this game. I think the Rams have been a little shaky the last few weeks. I still don't think Goff is ready to come, like ready to do what he does. We might not see Todd Gurley. He's doubtful. Um, so I just, I just don't like it for uh, for Los Angeles here. I'm taking San Francisco. Yeah, I'm going with you on this. Um, quick factor on the same on the LA Rams. They've gave up 90 points in the last two games. Uh, that's kind of hard to deal with. All right, let's get on to the next yeah. game. Um, All right. Yeah, we'll talk about Saints and Jaguars Saints next. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater coming in and playing garden, uh, guard, <laughs> playing Minshew. Um, <laughs> just messed his name up. That's hilarious. Um, in in the next in the next game coming up here, we're talking about. I like Bridgewater. I think he's a fantastic backup. He's going to be a starter next year wherever he goes. He's going to probably get a pretty decent sized contract too. It's going to be pretty nice seeing his uh, revival of his career on this good Saints team. Who knows what happens when he goes somewhere else? Hopefully, it's not a Nick Foles case like the one on the Jacksonville Jaguars side. Um, I think Saints are going to win this game. I think it's not even going to be um, close, to be honest. And, and who knows what happens to Jalen Ramsey? To be honest, I'm already sick of hearing about Jalen Ramsey. Either trade him or just get over talking about him on national media. All right, another quick fun story. I'm just going to do this for each one. I think. If- 30,000 mustaches are being handed out for the Jaguars game Uh this week. And (laughs) and 10 people who wear jorts to the game, if you guys aren't familiar, that's jean shorts to the game, are going to get garden shoe jerseys. Right. Oh man! Let's go to the next that's team. A good promotion. So, that's good. That's Jacksonville pretty, needs those kind of promotions. Yeah, it's they a do. good, funny good. one too. I like it. So let's go to the next team, shall we? Yep, Bucks Panthers. So we just talked about how the Buccaneers a couple weeks ago put a lot of points on the Rams. Mm-hmm. Now they go to face Carolina, Carolina, and Kyle Allen. Um, he's he's won a lot of football games as a starter already. Um, he's starting again. Cam Newton is still out. Um, they're gonna have they're gonna have a quarterback controversy if he goes ahead and gets a win against the Buccaneers, um, another uh, division rival this week. Do does he pull it off? Does Bruce Arians, maybe Brian Leftwich, help Jameis Winston make a little recovery here after the loss they had last week to the Saints? Um, yeah, I think they do. I think the Bucks are gonna win this game. Um, I think that the uh, Carolina Panthers um, and Kyle Allen finally gets his first loss as a starter against Tampa Bay. That's interesting because uh, I. The Carolina defense has really stepped their game up this year. It's become better they are. and better each week. Yes. Um, that's mm-hmm. one thing I'm looking forward to seeing is if they can stop Jameis Winston because I thought at first, I was like, wow, Jameis Winston is just looking really good. And then the next week they had more, or the Rams had more points to put up on him. So it really just a question of is he really that good or is it the defenses he's been facing? So we'll find out this week that's on true. that one for sure. And then we're talking about Monday Night Football, correct? Yep, that's true. So first, we'll do a little quick thing. We got the Tank Bowl, Miami yep. versus Washington. That's a toss up. That's a toss up. But uh, I'm taking Washington. You said you're taking Miami. Uh, we're gonna throw a little friendly bet out there. We'll talk about it on Twitter. What our friendly bet is. So make sure you check us up at Tough Talk Tough Talk Pod if you want to know about that game because we're running out of time on this segment. So we'll talk about the Lions and Packers Monday night. That's gonna be a great game. Lions always play great against Green Bay. Um, real quick, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, I got Detroit winning this game. I think Rodgers is going to be fantastic. That defense is still a good defense, but they still find, they still have holes. Stafford's a good quarterback, and that Detroit team is so underrated, taking Detroit in primetime. I think this will be uh, Detroit losing to the Packers. I think this is going to be Aaron Rodgers taking over. Okay. Primetime Rodgers is a tough thing to beat, so we'll see what happens. That's right there. true. 
That's so, true. No, that's true. I'm going to give you the first minute and a half on the week six fantasy. We're going to do it the other way from what we did last week. I'm going to let you talk about your okay. uh, your 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 data or your week to week DraftKings. Um, what's the other one? Talk to me here. DraftKings, Draft FanDuel, all Fan that Duel, stuff. Yep, all those. Yep. So I'm going to give those mm-hmm. to him, and you're go ahead and go with your first minute and a half. All right, fantastic. Hey, do what you want for running backs this week. That running backs are the really important aspect to pay attention to because there's a lot of great matchups, okay? Rams defense has been hurting, and it's one of those defenses that you'd think would be really good this season. They're not. Guess who they're playing? San Francisco, 200 yards a game. Draft these guys, okay? Spend a little more on the running backs if you have to. Stack Brita with uh, Coleman if you have to for San Francisco. If you're really feeling froggy, go ahead. Also, go ahead and don't be afraid to spend money on Christian McCaffrey. He's a safe bet this week against that Buccaneers, in my opinion, as well. Uh, when you go to the Saints, uh, Saints-Jaguars, um, one of those guys that I would go after is 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 uh, their receiver, Chark Jr., okay? Uh, he's been fantastic in points and usually has not been that expensive. Um, and go ahead and stack him with Minshew if you want to. That's not a bad one. All right. Stay away from Fournette in that game, though. I think Fournette has finally seen maybe a game that he needs to step off of. Other than that, that's really my stacks this week. Um, stay away from the primetime game on Monday night, Lions and Packers, um, just because there's so many injuries and we don't know what's going on yet, unless you're only playing a single game. Uh, if so, check me out on Twitter later, and we will talk about it later, about that Monday night got that game. What do you think, Derek? What you got for Yahoo Fantasy? All right. For, so for the first thing I want to talk about is Todd Gurley's out this week. So, mm-hmm. pick up Malcolm Brown. He's going to get a lot of carries. He's going to be the probably the, f- the focal point of the offense this week. I think they're going to do a lot of running this week. I, I don't think that team's going to do a lot. Um, as far as next week goes, everybody has forgot. So, do it this week before everybody f- remembers. A.J. Green is yeah. coming back, and he's going to be traded soon. You're going to need to get him because he's going to go fast as soon as everybody realizes he's coming back. I personally have already picked him up. Um, We can also talk about Will Fuller from the Texans. He's available in a lot of leagues still. If you can pick him up and manage to pick him up at this point, that's going to be a great addition to your offense. Um, I think that's three great pieces that are going to get you a lot of points this week. As far as starting a quarterback this week, if you guys need any questions on that, just if you got a comparison, just let me know. I can probably help you on based on defense per defense. As far as like a, a surprise that will go this week, I don't really have one other than maybe um, – I was about to say, other than Minshew, I feel like Minshew has constantly put up the 20 points. Me and Christian were talking about it pre-show, and I think that that is another solid starter this week. If He's still available in a lot of leagues, guys. Like That's kind of crazy to believe that a guy who puts up 20 points a week is still in a lot of leagues, and that's going to help you for sure. Um, tight end position, Will Disley is still a guy to go trade for right now because he keeps putting up numbers and he keeps being better each and each week. Defenses, if you're looking for a better defense, you need to drop the Rams, pick up Carolina. Saints are still a lot of available in a lot of leagues. These are the teams that are, or these are the ones that are going to get you the turnovers these cup, next couple of weeks. And I believe that's going to be the ones to help you. So that's my take on this week's, uh, week six fantasy predictions and i think we're going to go ahead and to go to our next uh, subject what do you think about that yeah bring it on also another defense that i would say keep in mind a lot of people don't pay attention to it and that's steelers defense even though they're losing ball games they're still committing a lot of turnovers on defense so pay attention to them too 
I forget to think about the Steelers' defense because this guy named Christian has him in our See, exactly. football league. So I can't <laughs> seem to get him. So I forget about them. But I wanted to give you something that I've been thinking about personally myself, and those are some good ones. So hopefully that helps you guys. And then uh, if it does, you know, let us know at Tough Talk. Yep. Let's do it. All right. So the XFL is coming back. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to let you go ahead and tell me the big announcement you told me today that I laughed about. I think it's insane. All right, so first of all, on the 15th and 16th, so the middle of next week, XFL will be having their draft, and they'll be uh, posting players on their eight teams that they developed. There's teams all across the country. D.C. has one. St. Louis has a football team. L.A. again. um, New York, Dallas, Houston, uh, Tampa, and I think a couple others. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Seattle has one, too. Um, But, yeah, um, it's, it's going to be fantastic. They're, the player pools came out. Uh, it's a pretty big player pool, so not everybody that's on that pool will be on a team. But they'll be drafting for 71 players um, on each team. Oliver Luck, the father of Andrew Luck, uh, is going to be the commissioner of the league. It's pretty impressive. Um, the, the stats just came out for the salaries, um, and it's only going to be about $54,000 a week. Um, which is less than the CFL, less than the AF, AAF that just disbanded. But to be honest, in my opinion, this is probably a good thing. Um, it'll probably mean that they won't, um, you know, disband the first week or the first couple weeks into the season. Um, and if they can do well, then I'm sure the pay will go up next season. Uh, they already got fantastic television reviews for ESPN, Fox, ABC. I think the guys, these guys are off to a great start. But one of the biggest things that they got was today somebody important i would say that people know from the nfl has accepted an xfl draft invite and that's terrell owens yeah terrell owens the 45 year old wide receiver he played for the niners cowboys philadelphia eagles buffalo bills cincinnati Bengals, and i think that's it i think i named them all i'm out of breath now but yeah terrell owens i'm fantastic fantastic i'm looking forward to it did you say the 49 maybe has a little pizzazz but, yeah, I did say the Niners. Okay. I couldn't forget about the Niners. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, but, yeah, the draft's going to be this week, uh, in the middle of the week, 15th and 16th, I believe it is. So uh, tune in. I think it's going to be cool, and it's great for football. It's not going to interfere with NFL. It starts right after the Super Bowl. Okay, so the person I'm most excited to see in this league is going to be Ronald Ollie. Um Yes. Yeah, I've watched him from the last chance you. He was on the Raiders. He was mm-hmm. on. T- he was on the uh, Hard Knocks. My thing yep. is, I feel like this guy may want to be in front of a camera a little too much at this point because of being on Last Chance You. And then hey, the that might he, be good though. And the way he acted on uh, Hard Knocks made me feel that way as well. Um, and he also feels like he's always wanting sympathy from people, but I can understand maybe he just does need the sympathy from people. Um, True. But this is going to be a fun thing, like you said. You did talk about the St. Louis team. I'm going to go ahead and say the Battle Hawks will be playing yeah. out of the same exact stadium that the St. Louis Rams were playing out of before they left town and became the L.A. Rams. So it'll be fun to see, and it'll be interesting for the city of St. Louis to see how they really accept and embrace that yeah. team. Yeah, I think that'll be great for St. Louis. All right, so let's move on to our most controversial subject of our entire mm-hmm history on tough talk (laughs) yeah i'm sure it'll Um, only get worse from here but yeah this is initially the one (laughs) let's go ahead and talk about morley and um what's when hadn't happened in china since he made his tweet yeah insane so if you don't know gm morley uh for the houston rockets uh retweeted an image 
uh, that gave um, and saying that you know they were they wanted equality for Hong Kong. And now, if you don't know what's going on in the world, if you live under a rock, um, China uh, and Hong Kong have been in protest um, about equality because of um, they wanted to move the more of the communist rules onto Hong Kong who is more of a democratic state. And obviously Hong Kong does not want that. So there's a big political uproar right now. And because of that, the NBA, um, because of a tweet that was up for two minutes and then removed, the, the NBA is facing criticism from China officials like Yao Meng and such. Um, with that being said, they've suspended TV uh, on their state TV, NBA game, CTTV. Um, and they've also been tearing down banners and such things. The Philadelphia 76ers are now in the mix, too, because they during one of their games in Japan, they kicked out two fans that had signs that said Free Hong Kong. Uh, NBA is just in a load of uh, predicament right now. It's hard being in a business side um, and also trying to stay ethical as well. In my opinion, I think Adam Silver is doing a really good job trying to play both sides of the fence, but he's receiving criticism for it. But really, that's his job. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting predicament for sure. Um, yeah, what do you got to say about that? So my fun the, the funniest thing I think I've read about this so far is that it was saying that a lot of the NBA players are refusing to go to the White House because Donald Trump is too much like a dictator. But they are literally going overseas and playing for a dictator and not saying a word about it <laughs> in an actual communist country. I think that's kind of it's kind of uh, it's kind of ir- ironic. You want to say a little bit, maybe? Just, just yeah, maybe. you could call it ironic. For sure, but that's again the joys of living in a uh, democracy and having that freedom of speech, and then not having it in China. And that's where the business eth- the standpoint steps in. You want to, as an American, we want to be ethical and we want to say all things we can say and stand up for freedom. But in the business standpoint, um, the ratings are actually higher in China than they are in the uh, United States for the NBA. So you're between a rock and a hard place if you're Adam Silver in the NBA. So you're trying to play both sides. You're trying to play it cool. Um, but at the end of the day, you're probably they're probably going to pick sides here, um, or there's going to be at least some kind of controversy. Uh, I think the biggest thing they need to do is make sure they don't fire morally, though, because that's basically saying you're giving in, and that'll cause a big uproar here in the states. So yeah, uh, definitely exactly something to keep. What it would do if you fire yeah, morally at this point, you're pretty much saying we give in. Um, China's going to go ahead and be our main market from now on. We know that from now on, and we're okay with that. And don't say yep. anything disparaging about China, or you're gone too. Um, I think Adam Silver is the best commissioner in all of sports, and I've said that for a few years now. Um, and I think that if he play, he's has the chance to basically define his commissioner legacy with this decision here he has a chance to make it uh solidify it or completely break it shatter it uh, i don't think there's any in between in this one that's why i keep saying he's between a rock and a hard place i'd hate to be adam silver he's probably not getting a lot of sleep these last few, I'd, few I'd hate days. to be adam silver i'd hate to be every nba player who gets asked about it because that's know true and you know yep i'm they, saying that's true and and they, they, <laughs> so, in these in these games yeah go it, ahead in these games, um, they're not even having pre-game or post-game conferences, the games that are happening in Shanghai right now, because they don't want anybody to say anything um, that'll even change anything um, or make it even worse, because what's going to make anything better? Nothing right now with this speech or any kind of speech that you know that the Democratic of China doesn't allow. So yeah. no, we can see Democratic of China, no Democrat of China. So 
yeah it's pretty interesting to see it all happen and it's pretty it's because all these guys are trying to talk about how they want freedom and equality and all these things and then they literally just have to keep their mouth closed on this subject it's it's got to be tough for them ethics is the hardest thing that you'll ever have to deal with uh when it comes to sports or anything especially when you're crossing borders and especially when you're crossing borders that have completely different political aspects that you do as a country Definitely would not want to be in their shoes. Um, excited to see, though, what turns out from this. That's for sure. All right. Well, let's get into something a little bit more lighthearted. We got the NBA okay. preseason. And Yes, uh, we do. The Clippers, Nuggets, man. Um, did anybody tell these guys that it was preseason until the halftime? Because these guys yeah. were going hard, and it looked like a really good game. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Jokic... Everybody says Jokic looks out of shape, and he always does, but he's such a good player for being out of shape. Um, The defense for the Clippers looked amazing. It's kind of exactly what we thought it would be. Um, Kawhi Leonard looked great in this game. Um, Anything you want to add about this game real fast? That game, um, I just thought it was really amazing that in a preseason game, they kept most of their starters until the third quarter. Um, That, to me, was pretty insane. But the biggest thing that I want to talk about is the Miami Heat. So um, when you're ready for that, you let me know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what, that's what I want to talk about is the Heat. I think that uh, we might be seeing the possible steal a draft already in the NBA preseason, and that's Tyler Harrow or Hero. I can't remember how you say his name. We had this talk during our draft party too. Um, but, yeah, I think he's, he's absolutely insane. Uh, he's been th- – you know, taking completely fantastic shots for the three-point line, having a lot of step backs. He's definitely making, uh, already making great space for himself on the court. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him play uh, in real time because you know that not everybody's playing 100% um, in the preseason. I think he's going to have a fantastic season, though, with that new Miami squad. Miami might be sneaking into into the East there in a playoff team for sure. Yeah, I actually really like the way he looks. And I said two different yeah, things uh, about him before the draft. And the first one okay. was that if he was slow, that he would just not be good. And I said that clearly. And then I said if yeah. he could keep the same speed he had, he would be kind of Ray Allen-esque almost. And it's going to be fun to see mm-hmm. this season which one we really get as the season progresses too because those legs are going to get tired because this is yeah. going to be a long season for him. Um, another, uh, Go ahead. I was going to say, the thing that I remember from our draft was um, I, I really wanted Orlando to draft him because I said Orlando needed a pure shooter, and I thought he was the most pure shooter in the draft. And so far this preseason, I haven't been disappointed. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see how Hero, Hero looks for sure. So, yeah, go ahead and continue with NBA. All right, so I want to do a quick step over, and this is going to be really quick. Steph Curry looked like Steph Curry, mm-hmm. put up a bunch of points, and showed yep. that he's ready for the season. That's kind of all I'm yeah. going to say on that. Um, the Lakers, that team actually looks pretty cohesive for it being the preseason already. Um, I was kind of surprised yeah. to see that out of them. I figured it's going to take a little while. They actually look like they look like they want to play together already, though, so it's going to be kind of fun to see if that team can come out and see it. I think that when we, when we talk about the Lakers, we talk about the Clippers, when we talk about the Nuggets, I think those are three of the top five teams in the, in, in, in the West this year. I really do. I don't think there's any debate in that. Um, the only team yeah. I could see fall out would be maybe the Nuggets if there was a bad injury somewhere in that rotation. But I don't even see them falling out. I really like the way that team looked last year, and I think they'll be even better this year. 
Um, they're going to have Michael Porter Jr. back this year, and that's going to be a lot of fun for that team as well. So it's just going to be fun to see. Um, but let's go ahead and move on over to Zion Williamson. Yeah, he wow. <laughs> 12 for 13 the other night against the Bulls and had some just freak athletic plays. Uh, I said the freak athletic thing. That's the first time I've said that since before the NBA draft. Um, he had some plays, though, that just looked like like a young LeBron cutting through the lane at points because there was times that like two, three people would step up and he was just maneuvering his body to cut right through them, and it looked really nice to see. The, the problem I had with this team is the entire time he was 12 for 13, the entire time he looked dominating, um, Lonzo looked decent. They were down by 20 points to the Bulls the entire time. So is this team going to be a 7 or 8 seed, or is this team going to be a top 3 pick this year? Yeah, I still think they're a playoff team in my mind. Um, I think that Zion Williamson is going to have a fantastic season. Um, I think that he's going to have a lot of upside. Definitely probably going to be a rookie of the year, um, unless you know we see something remarkable by some of these rookies but yeah absolutely i think they're going to be a team they have so many young studs i think lonzo ball i think he's already looked good in the preseason too um he's just being overshadowed by all the zion hype which could be a fantastic thing for lonzo he could fill in for you know he could you know maybe not being in the the limelight might be good for him but i i like new orleans i really do i think that they're going to be fantastic with favors there fantastic with you know having hayes off the bench nikolai walker off the bench uh, they're going to have some depth. I think they're going to be a solid team. And I think not only are they going to make the playoffs, I think they're, and we keep saying 7-8, I'm thinking more 6-7. I don't. I think they're going to make it with, you know, a week and a half left in the season. They're not going to be battling until the end. You really think they're going to be a 6-7-8 seed in the, or 6-7 seed in the West? When you got Utah. I think there's five teams. I think there's five teams that right off the bat you just can't, you can't even touch. And that's the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the the Mavericks, the the Nuggets, and the Jazz. I think those five teams you can't touch at all. Um, and then you have you know three extra spots. And I think so six, seven, eight. Did you um, have so Houston I think in the, there? Oh yeah, forget about Houston's. So, about okay, Golden so Houston. State? So all right, seven, eight seed. No, I don't think Golden State is. I think Golden State's going to have some tough times. I think D'Angelo without, Russell. Uh, I, think, I think D'Angelo Russell and. Steph Curry are going to look amazing together. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. The West is definitely the West is definitely going to be insane. It's the going East, to be very competitive. That's who knows think, what the East is going to do. But as much as I like this Pelicans team, as much as I think Zion's going to be for sure the Rookie of the Year, I think he's going to come out and probably average numbers we haven't seen in quite some time. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to just be right outside the playoffs as much as I like them. I don't think this – if you're down 20 to the Bulls, the Bulls are one of the teams that looks like they're going to be ones fighting for the top pick in this year's draft, and you were down 20 to them in a preseason game with all your starters Well, that's out exactly there. what you just said. You just said preseason game. With all game your starters stuff. out there. I, I don't think that's got anything to do with it, in my opinion. I think preseason, like I said, no one plays 100%. Um Let's have this conversation again after the first two regular season games, and maybe we can see. I think even one regular season game, um, seeing at full pace, uh, makes shows way more credibility for a team compared to the entire preseason, um, in my opinion. So, but yeah, I mean, I, six and seven might be a little too high, but I think they're a playoff team, though. I do. I think they'll squeak in. All I right. forgot about Houston. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go on to the ALCS. Right. Um, this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be the. It's going to be good. It's going to be the bats versus the rotation. Um, the Yankees have made it here strictly on what we called football numbers. Yep. And the Astros have done the exact opposite and got here on their pitching staff, pitching gems and. Garrett Cole did it again last night for the team. Um, looked amazing. I believe it was twelve strikeouts he had last night. You could. You yeah, can Garrett Cole was insane. Number. Yeah, he was insane. And so, what do you think is going to happen this season, this series? Man, this series is going to be amazing. And when you say it's going to be the bats against the rotation, to be completely honest, you could throw that either way. And that's what makes this series so great. The world needed the Yankees versus the Astros as much as, you know, some people didn't want to see it, that's for sure. I mean, props to the Rays for hanging on. Um, and then you got the Twins. But, um, yeah, fantastic. For I'm, I'm looking forward to this series probably no, not as much as the NLCS. I can't say that. But, um Home runs, we'll probably see a lot of them, um, but we ain't going to see a lot of them um, from probably when Cole's up the bat. We'll probably, you know, probably when Granky, when Granky's uh, going, yeah, you might see some Granky ones, all right? But, um, but you know, uh, Astros can hit the ball too, though, so we can't forget about that. And the bullpen is dynamic for the Yankees. Um, they don't need to, you know, get six, seven innings from their starters. And so that's, that's going to be an impressive way to play for the Yankees. They're going to play two different sides of the ball. Uh, in my opinion, I think the Astros are going to be looking more towards trying to get 6-7 from their top three and then throw in their in their bullpen, um, even though their bullpen is pretty nice too. So, oh man, uh, are we doing predictions right now or are we doing it at the end? No, we're doing them right now, right? Do it. Uh, Do it to it. Um, all right. Astros are going to win this one. Um, and I think Astros are going to win – in this is seven games now, so yep. six. Oh, that's pretty funny. I have the Astros in six as well. Uh, I think the Yankees are good enough. They're going to get to this. <laughs> Grinky is the guy I had him getting to, too. Um, they're going to get to him, and they might get to some of this bullpen late on in one of these games. Say you have a good gym by Verlander, and they pull him out in the seventh inning. There's a good chance that they get to this bullpen, because that bullpen is a little shaky at times this year. So it'll be interesting to see. The one issue I do have with this, and it's going to be a perfect transition, is I had a I have a Cardinals verified writer on my timeline who claims that the Houston Astros are the best team in all of baseball right now, and I just don't buy it. Uh, I it's don't, a, it's I don't. I buy can it. I could agree with the argument in certain aspects. I'd love to see the argument. You'll have to send me the send me the argument. Um, but I mean, you could you could argue that. But but to be completely honest, you could argue that all four teams left in the playoffs are the best team in baseball right now. Yeah. On the NL side, you had two amazing um, second halves of the season, and then on the left side, you've had overall amazing seasons um so you could argue both sides for sure 100 percent um so i'd love to see his argument to see why he thinks houston is the best team i might agree with him all right real quick uh christian has to pay up on a bet here that we had about the braves cardinals game so real quick i'm gonna go ahead and play this and he's gonna have to hear it back every time he watches this All right, NLCS time. We got the Cardinals that beat the Braves 
going up against the Nationals. <laughs> now, I'll be honest. Um, this entire postseason, I've been cheering for this uh, Nationals team up until this point. I think it's a fun story. It's an inspirational yeah. story, but it's time for that to end. It's time for the Cardinals go <laughs> grab their go to the World Series, fight for their twelfth. That's what we're looking for this year. Um, our pitching staff. I hope you're ready to see Jack Flaherty. He's he's ready to come out and pitch a really good game. Miles Michaelis, game one. I think he's going to be interesting to see. A lot of people don't really think he's the guy, but I can tell you from personal experience, I love watching Miles Michaelis pitch. He pitches fast and he hits the strike zone efficiently. It's going to be interesting to see him against this lineup. Um, I think that you can't count out the ageless Wayno when it comes to him in the time for the rotation. You're going to hate to see him because it seems when it comes October, he reduces his age by 10 to 12 years every time. Um, mm-hmm. Paul Goldschmidt has had a great October. Marcelo Zunia is, looks like he really wants to get to the World Series by the way he's hitting right now. I believe he's batting over 600 at this point. I know he's batting 500 in the Brave Series and then had a couple more hits he added to that. So I'm interested to see what his actual uh, average is. And I'm going to go ahead and give you the last little bit here. But I got the Cardinals in five. Gentlemen sweep. Cardinals in five. Interesting. You know what? I'll tell you what. Um, that Brave series, um, that last game, the Braves card series, I'll give because the cards won you. Yeah. That last game does not do any justice to how great that series was. You oh, know, and so unfortunately, all we're going to think of, yeah, and all we're going to be thinking about is that insane 13 to 1 loss. And we're not going to be able to talk about how fantastic that games one through four was unless, you know, you know, so I, I want to keep that out there. I want to put it on record that, you know, the Braves games one through four, fantastic playing. Um, and honestly, you really only played like crap for one inning. And uh, that was that first inning. And then once it was over, it was, you know, once you got 10 runs up, you know, it's done. So, um, you know, congrats, congrats on the Cardinals. Um, it's not like it's a team I hate. You know, it's not like the Dodgers, which I'm so happy that they lost, you know, the right. Joker, Clayton Kershaw. But, um, yeah, so, but looking at this Nationals team, yeah, what a story so far. National wild, National League wild card, you know, I wrote a story about how Ryan Zimmerman has had a fantastic wild card in NLDS, um, and so hopefully he can step it up here too, and possibly, you know, his last series as a Washington National if they don't become victorious, um, because his contract ends, his huge 10-year contract is finally up. Um, at the end of the season. Um, but I like Anthony Rendon here. He's playing for a paycheck as well. I think he's going to really step it up. And as much as, you know, you talk up your pitchers and you guys do have pitchers, I think the edge goes to Washington in the pitching column with Steven Strasburg, Mac, Mad Max Scherzer. Um, I think those guys are fantastic. The bullpen has been completely horrible in the regular season for Washington, but it's been a completely different bullpen in the eyes of Nationals for the playoffs. Doolittle has looked fantastic. Daniel Hudson has been lights out. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Trey Turner has been pretty fantastic as well. Um, I'll tell you what needs to happen for the Nationals that did not happen at all in the NLDS is they need to steal some bases, though. If the Nationals want to be be aggressive in this series well i'm saying they need to be aggressive in this series they need to steal some bases that's That's true and they're playing against the hardest guy that is true but they need to make at least some at least some attempts they didn't attempt at all to steal a base in the nlds against the dodgers and this team was one of the teams that stole the most bases in the regular season so yeah i know that you're going against yadi molina who is a guy you shouldn't steal against 
but you should at least risk it. Tonight's game that's starting in a couple minutes here. Um, if they don't, they need to. They need to start. They need to at least steal one base. They need to, or at least attempt. You know, put that aggressive out there. Show that they're they're ready to do it, for sure. Because that changes the whole aspect of pitching, on Nicholas. Um, I, you know what, the gentleman's bet. That's cool. I like to see it um, about the Cardinals. But uh, I think this game, this series is going to be way more interesting than ALCS. And I think that this series is going to go to seven games. I think that the Nationals are not going to give up. I think that they're going to, this team, this series is so close. MLB.com had a perfect article out comparing position by position, and it was deadlock even. This game, this series is too close to call, and I'm not going to. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be the Washington Nationals in seven games, all right? I think the Nationals are going to find a way to finally make it to the World Series. Um, they haven't been able to do that since they've become a team in 2005. Uh, and who knows if they get a chance to win their first – well, they're going to get that chance to win their first World Series. Who knows if they'll actually get to do it. But, yeah, um, I know it's a bold prediction, but I can't pick against your – I got to pick against your Cardinals. I'm going to continue to do it too. Uh, I got an Astros and a Yankees hat back there somewhere. So if they do make it, don't you worry. I'll be wearing it on that podcast too. But, yeah, I I think the Nationals are going to win it in seven. I really do. I think Scherzer is going to be the issue. He looked good all season, and then come postseason, yeah. he's kind of crumbled. I think that's going to be the one issue in their in their pitching rotation. I agree, Strasburg always looks good, but the Cardinals always hit good off of Strasburg. We went, me and my wife went to see a game, and Strasburg was pitching it, and that was the game where Marcelo Zuna hit a home run and a ground rule double to beat the team. So it's going to be fun to see because, once again, Marcelo Zunia has been on fire this October. So it's going to be fun to see. Like you said, it starts literally here in a couple of minutes. So uh, let's Ozuna's go. Ozuna's playing for a paycheck, too. I was about to say. Ozuna's playing for a paycheck, too. Yes, he you know, is. So that's insane. But you know what? When you talk about those veteran pitchers, though, where you talk about Strasburg or, well, let's say you talk about Scherzer, and you talk about Verlander, too. Verlander had an off game um, in game uh, four of the ALDS. Um, these guys are going to have a little more rest now, and they're due for one. These guys have don't have the uh, the bad playoff experiences you see at Clayton Kershaw. Um, just this year, they've been a little shaky. Now, Verlander was fantastic in his start. He just relieved or he, his his last one was with little rest. When Verlander comes back, I think he's going to throw a gem, in my opinion. I think he throws the best pitching out of all of the Astros. Um, I think he even does better than Garrett Cole in this ALCS because of that bad outing. He's got something. He's got a chip on his shoulder. And when it comes to Scherzer, I feel like the same way. He had he was off in the wild card. He was a little shaky in the NLDS. Um, so I think that he's going to finally have some rest. They didn't play him in the game five. So when they decide to play him, which is probably game two, I think he's going to play great too. I'm looking forward to this series either way that happens. Dodgers are out. All four teams, in my opinion, if they win the World Series, uh, all four of these teams, I'm not mad. I'm happy. Dodgers didn't win. So see. I, I want to see the <laughs> Red Cardinals. Sox are in the playoffs. Dodgers didn't win. We're good. I want to see the Cardinals keep going because that's you know my, what I've grown Obviously, up on yeah. my entire life. But uh, we're going to go ahead and end this week's episode. We'll be back next week. We'll be talking about the World Series for sure because it will be right about that time when we're figuring out who's going. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll be talking about the uh, NFL again, as usual. Uh, We might be discussing – 
Yeah, I was about to say, we might be discussing the NBA a little bit more, too, because this should be right before the season starts. It'll be mm-hmm. our last episode right before the season starts. Maybe we'll do a little yep. bit of NBA uh, fantasy football pro- or fantasy basketball predictions for everybody, too. Give them some people to look out for. They can be late-round steals and all that. But uh, that's going to be it for this week's episode, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, see you later, Christian. Later.